Hello and welcome to Listen to This, a new podcast discussing just general themes about music. My name is Alex. And I'm Danny. And we aren't inherently incredibly knowledgeable on music. We aren't born producers. We aren't, <laughs> we aren't actual scholars or critics, but we have both been listening to music of wide varieties and we just wanted a platform with which to speak on these things and maybe people would enjoy listening. We thought we'd give it a shot. Oh, man. Uh, we, we, we do tend to, at some point hanging out, start discussing music, leading friends of many of many different names to uh, just kind of sit there and be like, I'm technically here, but I'm not part of this conversation because <laughs> we, we just tend to go off the rails. Yeah, that's actually kind of how this whole idea started, though, is because we had our movie group together. And we were driving back, and I remember you and I just went on this really long tangent about something. It was... I can't remember. Oh, it was it was this weird like poppy song you had playing, and I remember looking at you and being like, "What is this?" And then we started on this really long tangent, and our friend Mallory, who was in the back, was like, "What are you? What?" And I remember just being like, "Oh my god, we could like so start a podcast for this," and that just kind of like started the seed that eventually grew into this. So hopefully. And you had made the comment how, how we were both kind of like, yeah, it'd be great to be like uh, a music journalist or like someone who gets paid to go on tour. And then at one point I was like, you know what, I'd just be happy with a music podcast. And then rem- remembering a prior conversation, you definitely just took that idea and ran with it. Oh, yeah. I Well, because I was like, could we actually? And then I remember just kind of like sitting and like talking to my mom, which ends up happening a lot. And we were, I don't know what we were talking about, but I just kind of started jotting ideas down and I was just like oh like if I can get like more than three maybe I'll take it seriously and by the end like I had a good full page worth and I was like oh we could do this so I remember (laughs) yeah so I remember texting you and being like hey uh remember that podcast uh thing that we were joking about you want to do it so we figured we'd give it a shot yeah so sorry for a little bit rusty on this because we definitely have not done this before, but we're going to do our best. There's going to be a learning curve. Oh, yeah. We're um, going to get better, guys. I promise. Now, it is already, by the time this comes out, well into 2020, but we thought a good, safe basis from which we could we could jump off of would be discussing a lot of highlights of 2019, um, which, actually, prior to doing this, I was even saying that, for me personally, was a bit of a comparative lull year. Because 2018 was a year where I discovered so many artists and so many different genres that I, I got into and different albums came out and stuff. That 2019 was still a year of discovering a lot of new things, but it was more discovering single songs from an artist than maybe going a little bit with it. But there, were, there weren't many whole albums and there weren't many, many uh, new frontiers explored for me, so to speak. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it was a good growth year for a lot of the bands that I listened to. Like, uh, Bring Me the Horizon came out with, like, Ammo, and then they came out with, like, this really, like, trancey EP, which was so bizarre, but for some reason so funny to listen to. Paris came out and grew a little bit more in their sound, so it was definitely a, a year of a lot of different change for a lot of the people I previously started listening to. Mm. So I think that was, like, probably the most interesting part of it, because I didn't really find new songs, but I definitely found, like new reasons to like the bands I already listened to. So that was kind of a nice little like cherry on top. Uh, that mindset of getting more into artists that you already liked, there were a, a few, a handful of examples for me like that. The only big one that comes in, comes into mind was Dermot Kennedy. 
uh, his album Without Fear, his debut LP, came out in I believe September, maybe maybe it was early October. And that was that was a guy who I, I started following the year prior in 2018. That's when that's when I discovered him, and actually just seeing him grow throughout the the year that I listened to him and finally come out with his album and tour around. I actually had tickets to go see him in a, in, in in Chicago, and I uh, ended up having to miss the concert. But uh, <laughs> it, it's 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 definitely a regret of mine. That I didn't get to see him live because it was his first time in Chicago, I believe, and it would have been nice to see him there while he was supporting his newly released album that I had just gotten into. The only other artist that I could say I got more into was Nothing Nowhere, but that's that's sad boy music. That's which, sad. Which, 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 it is though. Like what was song? Let down. Let down. You like that it, right? is one of my favorite songs. But yeah, it just puts you in a mood, and then for like the rest of the car ride, you just want to listen to like more sad boy like music, or like I end up turning on the fray, and then you really oh, get boy. in your feelings, <laughs> and then you're just like, I'm, I'm here, guys. I'm doing great. <laughs> Well, that, that, that's pretty understandable for us because we definitely grew up with this stereotypically emo music. Yeah. Uh, and we, and we, we definitely have both since branched out. We have not run away from that genre, but we, we have branched We've out into other things. We kept it in our back pocket. Like, uh, an, uh, a genre I was getting more into this year was more of a, of a hip-hop vibe, kind of the more heavily produced hip-hop stuff. Like, another great album from this year was... Everybody's Everything by Lil Peep. Obviously, he passed away years ago, so a lot of these albums are being released posthumously. But with his documentary of the same name that was released, they released this album, and it had, I believe, like six new tracks and a few uh, like original recordings and different, differently done other songs. And a lot of the, the new songs on there, the, un, the previously unreleased ones, they were they were very well done. See, that's my thing too. I think I mentioned it before in a different conversation we were having, where. 2019 was, like, the year of, like, SoundCloud rappers. Like, quite honestly, that's when I started noticing a lot more of them were getting on the radio. And a lot more of them were starting to get really big followings. Like, and I actually got into Little Peep now. It took me so long. Like, I think it was after he passed away that I started actually listening to his songs. For me, it was 2018 I started listening to him. Yeah. 2019, yeah, I don't remember. It's honestly been like five months ago that I started listening uh, to him, and I'm slowly picking up songs. But like, that's a you can tell that that heavy. she's still newly getting to him because she said little peep, <laughs> little, peep. Okay, little peep. Excuse me. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, he's he's an example of SoundCloud rappers that got big. And then you have I I don't even I can't even think of the guy's name right now, which is a bit embarrassing. But he's they had that song Valentino. He was a SoundCloud rapper. Oh yeah. I don't want no Valentine. I just want Valentino. But a lot of that, the catalyst for all that, like we were saying, was Lil Nas X's Old Town Road coming yes. out. And that, that, that seemed to, like, validate the idea of a SoundCloud rapper. It is still, in a, in a lot of spheres, the butt of jokes being the, huh, cool, haha, yeah, I'm a rapper, check out my SoundCloud. But <laughs> nowadays, that actually is a viable business strategy. It's posting a comment like that or sending a text like that is the equivalent of handing you on the corner and saying, hey, here's my album, let's give it a listen. Yeah, like exactly. everybody who will walk by. Which, for, in some cases, that's what you have to do to get out there. Yeah. I, and it's working for some people, obviously. And especially, like, Lil Nas. Because I think I said it before, where I'm like, you know, it took me so long to get into that, like, song. And I think it was because it was so popular so quick. And I just, I would hear it so often that I never really tuned into it. And then finally, when it was just kind of, like, on the decline, just a little bit on the radio, I finally listened to it. And I was like this actually isn't that bad. Like, I don't know why it, it took me so long, but I started listening to it, and it's like a really 
actually, I mean, it's not something I'd sit down, like, on a chill time and, like, you know what I really want to listen to? Get a blanket and ice cold hot cocoa and blast that old town road. Oh, man. Yeah, that probably would not happen. But, you know, what do we call it? It's the Mr. Bright side of uh, millennials. Of or, the modern generation. Of the modern yeah. generation, yeah. Where it just, uh, everybody knows it now. You you hear that though, those first two echoey hollow strums, chords <laughs> being strummed, and suddenly everyone's like, oh. Yeah, everyone's like on their feet going, I love And even the people who are like, oh, this song again, they're still going to know some of the lyrics. Yeah, sometimes they're still singing along, and it's just because it's so catchy, you can't help it. It was was a very good hybrid of hip-hop and country. Like, lyrically, it's taking the stereotypes of both genres (laughs) and just saying, here we go. Here we go. Um, And then obviously, actually having a country artist like Billy Ray Cyrus being featured in the remix, which was the, the version that really got big. That, that definitely helped cement it. Like, like, like made it, make it seem like this is, this is a real song. Your real artist is getting into yeah. it. He actually saw something in this and wanted to be. He played it at, I want to say the Grammys. And it was like on this rotating stage. And I think that's where it really hit me that I was actually getting into it. Because it was such a fun song to watch him perform. Like he was having a ball. Yeah. Like the crowd was having a ball. People on stage were having fun. And I was just like, okay, like I see the appeal to it now. Yeah. Like it's just a fun song. And like, what well, Lil Nas is 18, isn't he? I think 18, so. 19, something like that. So, like, he he made a song that he would be okay with partying to. And yeah. I, I get behind that. Like, even, I I understand that some people don't like it, and there are definitely songs that fit in this category that I don't like, but ultimately, if an, if an artist is having fun making their song or enjoying the process, maybe it's not a ha-ha happy song like anything Nothing Nowhere does, <laughs> but even as long as, the, as long as they are enjoying themselves in the process, I think ultimately it will create a good song objectively, even if it isn't a subjectively good song. Agreed. Speaking on that, now it's subjectively good songs. So, should we get into the uh, our 2019 favorites that we've been listening to, or decade favorites? Yeah. Oh, you, you, you want to take it away, or do you want me to? Oh, man. I feel like this is not going to be that surprising for a lot of people that know me. I'm going to start like listing off my favorites, and they're going to be like, oh my god, why? Now she's talking about it with an actual like microphone in front of her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at me, guys. I've grown. Yeah, no. But I'd have to say, uh, probably one of my favorite bands that I've recently gotten into that I, th- I did find... I technically found them in 2018, but I really got into them in 2019 was Palais Royale. I accidentally saw them at Warp Tour. And I remember, and it was a really stupid thing, but like one of they all dress up kind of different. So like the drummer kind of looks like a pirate, the singer shirtless, yeah. <laughs> and the guitarist is dressed in a full like tweed suit. And like when I saw them at Warp Tour, it was hot out. Like I was dying and this dude's just in the suit. So I remember thinking like, "Oh my god, this is so extra." And then all of a sudden, like, I was glued to this crowd for, like, the entire set. And I was like, that was really good. Like, so I immediately found them. That's one hell of a happy accident. <laughs> yeah, that, I lucked out there. But, so I'd have to say that was probably one of my favorite band finds of, like, 2018-19. Because I then went and saw them again in 2019. And they were really good. They're always a fun band to see live. Because they just are having a ball on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, every time. Their music videos are also super creepy, which I appreciate. But yeah, so I'd have to say Palais Royale was probably a good find. I got really into um, Youngblood for a hot minute. 
he came out with 11 minutes with Halsey and then tongue-tied with Marshmallow like right at the end of 2019 and both of them are really good collaboration songs so that I started kind of listening to his stuff and I think I don't know it's another one where I'm like uh, but also too they're just so catchy I just can't help but like be like you know what sounds really good right now like California there's only one young blood song in my music library I Young Blood is only in one song in my music library, <laughs> and that's I think I'm okay. The collaboration yes, with them, MGK I and Travis Barker. That. That's my that song favorite. is incredible, except for Young Blood's parts. I really? I and be, so I, I I read online that in an interview, Machine Gun Kelly was talking about yeah how yeah I know Travis and I were working on this song and we invited Young Blood in and he, and he came to the studio and he just he made his whole part in ten minutes and it was incredible and I'm like. I can definitely tell he only made this in 10 minutes because there was, it, it, it felt like there was no effort put into his lines. Like Machine Gun Kelly's lines, I don't care where you fall into the whole feud with Eminem. I like both of them as artists. And Same. honestly, their feud got us a bunch of good songs, like diss tracks back and forth. So I'm like, all right, yeah, keep hating each other, guys. <laughs> keep going. Um, and I'm like, Machine Gun Kelly's, his lines are like, really well done, comparatively. And then Youngblood says the same lines a couple times. Like, I think... If I had to guess his diverse word count, he maybe has like 30 different words in the whole song. Probably. But he keeps repeating the same lines. And then the music video made me even less interested in trying to find out more about this guy because he seemed very show-off-y. Like, you have the big names of Travis Barker, Machine Gun Kelly, then some kid is, is decked out in all this emo makeup and actually <laughs> stinging into the camera well, and stuff. It's like, all right, kid, calm down. If you see, he was from um, the UK, and so they're like, I don't want to say grunge, because that just seem, doesn't quite fit them, but they're like alternative grunge almost. So that's kind of what a lot of their stuff fits in, where they, they kind of change, they take hip-hop notes and kind of change it around and make it more alternative, so it's like that kind of blending. But, yeah, he, I don't know, he was always interesting for me to watch, and especially with getting into 11 Minutes, because that song is another good song where they were able to fit in a really heartbreaking storyline. Yeah. And even though, like, Halsey doesn't have too many parts in it, like, her vocals matched with his was super cool. Okay. And then kind of seeing how they all interact in this, like, music video, I was just like, okay, like, I could get behind this a little bit. And I think that's why I still stayed interested in him. Is that but, is 11 Minutes a Youngblood song featuring Halsey? Or is it a Halsey song featuring Youngblood? It's Youngblood featuring Halsey. Okay. But it was a really good... Are you a fan of Halsey, by the way? <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe. I think a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, Yeah. You guys are definitely going to notice I'm going to mention a lot of Halsey. I don't know. She, she's my queen. But anyway, moving on. Um, a band that I, I wouldn't say I'm like really, really into, but a band that I really took notice of in 2019 was uh, Judah and the Lion. Oh, yeah. Because like, obviously they were known, and for a lot of people, they're probably forever going to be known for Take It All Back. Yeah. Which I think is incredibly catchy. Like, if you go to, like, the co YouTube comment section of one of their songs, it is just people tearing that song apart, talking about how it's one of the worst things ever. And I'm like, yeah, Take It All Back. Yeah, Sound of the Mando. Okay, great. <laughs> um, but their album, uh, Pep Talks, came out, which is... It isn't inherently an amazing album. There are a few amazing songs in it, but the album itself is... It's, it's just good. It's like, yeah, this is a good album. And they are good in the same way that Post Malone's new album from last year was good, in that 
they're, he's, it's really good at making earworms like into your head and are catchy. Mm-hmm. But they're not inherently amazing songs. Like lyrically, you're like, okay. And production wise, you're like, okay. But your head's always going to bob along when they're playing and stuff. Oh, yeah. They'd definitely be someone I want to see live. Because I know they came from Nashville. They came oh, from did a they? Bar- Yeah, they came from I, either they were found or they signed or they did something in Nashville. So that's kind of where they were like born. And like I knew it from Take It All Back and then they came out with the 2.0. So that's kind of why it has that kind of country twang to it almost is because I think coming from Nashville, you kind of, everyone kind of adopts that sort of style, whether it's like the main part of the melody or even if it's just kind of like a backdrop to it. So I feel like that's a, a really good way that they were kind of able to create their sound is because of where they came from. And their sound is very unique, which I mean, that's, that, that's, that's the, and they kind of embrace that, like the fact that their first major album was folk hop and roll yeah like that's that's folk hip-hop and rock and roll all together and the hip-hop i think is maybe just exclusively with their drum beats and stuff like that i think think that's where that's coming in but otherwise i i feel that now pep talks isn't quite like folk hop and roll i would definitely just consider it alternative rock or indie rock if you want to call it that what uh album is take or what is the song something with mars it's it's from that or uh, yeah from it's, them. It's got to be full cop and roll then because it's not it's, pep talks. Yeah, it's got to be because that one was a really. It kind of came out. I think it must have been in between albums and going to Mars. That's what it's called. That one's a really interesting one because it's it still kind of has that like folky tone to it, but it's a little slower and it's not so like in your face. But it, it's such a good earworm song. In that same sense. By way of like energetic earworms, and I, and I can really only exclusively talk about pep talks because I didn't listen to full cop and roll all that much. I listened to take it all back 2.0, and that was really it. <laughs> um, but pep, of pep talks, like they have the big one, the big single of of their a more upbeat songs, probably why did you run? But then they also have songs like seven thousand times and sports, which are both very earwormy and just kind of like catchy things or whatever. Yeah. And then they, they actually, the song that probably embraces that whole Nashville background the most is their slow, very sad ballad featuring Casey Musgraves' uh, pictures. Ooh, yes. Like, like that that song. And it still has the, the banjo song, or maybe it's a mandolin. I'm pretty sure it's a banjo, though, in the background, despite being a very heartbreaking song. Like, like that, that song's thematically very sad, which, which, which makes it an outlier in the album, because the rest of it's just kind of like... Yeah, they're kind of an inspiring group almost where a lot of it's just either like really homey or like very like energetic. Um, I do feel like we would be be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, 444-2019, changing gears here, uh, Death Race for Love, which was the last Juice World album, which came out in 2019. I barely got into Juice World. Really? Yeah. I only heard his songs either on accident or... Uh, just kind of like in a shuffle that I had. And like the big ones, like Lucid Dreams. Yeah, obviously that one. And then um, he did a feature on Without... Or, yeah, it was without a feature me. Without Me with Halsey. Love that, that version. That's the best version of that Without That was me. one of my favorites. And that's where he kind of came into like my kind of sight a little bit more, but still not quite the genre that I'd sit back and listen to. And that was, like I was saying, that's the kind of genre that I got more into in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I will admit, Juice World's a part of it, because to me, if there is a catchy hook, I will listen to a song. I might still pick it apart and be like, this song's not great. Which but is you actually... you can still appreciate it. Exactly. 
which is actually a lot of what Juice World is to me. He can create good melodies, and I know he is himself is actually a good producer. He live streamed himself producing his song from a, from the previously or All Girls Are the Same. Mm-hmm. Like he, he did it, so I I know he can produce music. And he knows how to make a song, but lyrically, he is not a great songwriter. <laughs> In one of his songs, uh, "Empty," the first, the opening track of "Death Race for Love," there was a line that he sang. And what I heard the line as was, um, I ain't suicide, only thing ensuing inside is suicide doors. And I'm like, oh, that was kind of heavy. That was, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was well done. That was a good lyric. And I looked it up and he was like, I ain't suicide, the only thing is suicide, suicide doors. And I'm like, okay, it's actually kind of lame and I misheard it and made it cool. <laughs> and looking into it more, he's one of those... Are you sure you're not a SoundCloud rapper? I'd love to be a SoundCloud rapper. Oh, God. If I had talent. <laughs> uh, but he's one of those guys who uh, sticks to the same themes for all of his songs. Yeah. Which... I guess I'm, for some reason I'm bringing it back to nothing nowhere again. For him, music was a release. So it was like it was it was a form of therapy for him to get, get yeah. all of his dark thoughts out. Which I which I would never which say. are very dark. Right, and I, I would never say don't do it. You're doing things wrong, so don't even bother with this. I'm like, hey man, you do you, and I will still dance to these songs. But I'm like, there are definitely better lyricists I'd go to. That being said, rest in peace, Juice World. Yes, rest in peace. I feel like we lost a lot of people in like a short amount of time in 2019. It was either like well, right in the beginning. Well, died this year. But. Yeah, but are you sure I thought <laughs> it was January? Oh, that's right. Yeah. But it was like little peep. When some... was it last year? It was December, actually. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I was because I remember watching all this stuff where it's like the people we lost in 2019, and there was like a like a crazy amount all in like a row. Yeah. So it was like, when did XX? Tanasi, however you say that, that really, the SoundCloud rapper that I think, like, really paved the way. I think May, but I I could be mistaken on that. Yeah, because I know, I think it was, it had to have been, like, in 2019, because it was, like, all in a row, and I was, like, it was kind of a crazy time. He was actually a guy I'd never really got into. Yeah, me neither. The only thing I know about XXX Tentacion, Tentation, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) is uh, a very... Shitty YouTube video mashup of his song to Vanessa Carlton's A Thousand Miles no. at the piano with his aggressive grunge rap lyrics. Oh, it is God. amazing. I'll have to play it for you after this because it is just a joke, but I'm, at the same time, I also like it. Oh, like, man. Ah, this is awful. Play it again. Play it again. Do it again. I feel like his name is like the Benedict Cumberbatch of like SoundCloud names because you can say it however many times you want and none of them can be right. But somehow everybody knows who well, no, talking you're talking about. about. Yeah, 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 like XX, he's yes, you know, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I know that guy." Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, "Okay, I guess I didn't butcher it that bad." <laughs> so I, I, I feel like I've been talking about the same two genres a lot. So I'm gonna change pace here on my end. Um, another album that came out, and this, this is gonna be a very brief mention. Uh, Newfound Glory released their third from the script from the screen to your stereo album, which is their cover album from movie soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Which was fine. Their big one was This Is Me from Greatest Showman and whatever. And a lot of their other covers were they were decent. They were pop punk covers of whatever. But at the very end of the album, they had a demo for an original song. And that song, Puzzles, is incredible. And is a and w- which is a topic I'd actually be cool with discussing in, in a future. It's something we had talked about before. As artists grow, their music grows. 
and I think that that can be said a lot in this in this in that one song. Not necessarily by way of their sound, but lyrically. You know, yeah. a lot of pop punk from the early to early to mid two thousands is kind of a heartbreak and how oh yeah that one girl sucked, but man I got I'm just gonna I got my friend. I hate I'm my town. <laughs> exactly that kind of thing. Yeah, but this one the the theme of puzzles is. Finding someone and realizing how good you are for each other and saying, let's just go for it. Like, like our, the, the hook, the opening of the refrain is, are we moving too fast? I really don't think so. Aww, and it's a very happy song. It, it, it's, 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 a hap, it's a happy, upbeat song you can dance around to. And it's, and it's about feeling so confident and so in love with this person that you're like, yeah, let's you know, do it. it's only been like, you know, seven months, but, but I, I, I see a future with you kind of thing. And I like that. Definitely someone I got a little more into that kind of. I don't want to say changed a lot, but have you ever heard of Chelsea Cutler? I only when I got your notes. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend way back showed me your shirt, and I really got into that song for some reason. It was just a really cute song, but she's also kind of like nothing nowhere. Yeah, nothing nowhere. Where she's kind of like the female version of it, but just like a little less sad. Okay. Just a little less, because no one can quite get down to his level. Oh my god! No. Like you just go straight down that dark hole. But she came out with, um, I don't want to say came out with, but Cold Showers, um, Someone Else, that's a really good song. Like, the beat in it is super, and she just has a really interesting way of creating music. And it's something I've always kind of noticed about her. But in 2019, like, especially during the summer, I would crank that on, like, my little portable speaker that was, like, really shitty. (laughs) Just, like... Go out and play, like, go out to the beach with it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was a little bit different from everybody else, because, like, everyone's playing, like, you know, XX. Beach time, summer time. My favorite SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, Juice World and all that stuff, and, like, other people would be playing, like, Ariana Grande and all that, and, like, here's me in this, like, low-key kind of, like, uppity song with, like, really depressing sort of lyrics. Surprisingly, no, no, not this time. Just so you know, we're recording and she's wearing all black. I have white in this. The, no, the part <laughs> that's white reveals the Bring Me the Horizon slogan <laughs> on a Ouija board, so... I'm doing great, guys. Like, this is not gonna change. Uh, Chelsea, is it Chelsea or Chelsea? I think it's Chelsea. That's Chelsea, how I read it, anyway. Okay, is she also, like, the same genre as Nothing No, Nothing no or is she... She's a little more alternative. Okay. Like, electronic alternative? That makes sense. Right, yeah, it's yeah, not like EDM or anything, but it definitely has kind of like you can definitely tell the production value in it is really good. Okay, I, I think I, I she does it herself too, which is even cooler. That's a nice touch. Yeah, I I, I, I have learned in recent years. I've become a sucker for that because like I swear to God, I am not a huge <laughs> Nothing Nowhere fan. But for whatever reason, he's coming up a lot right now. Um, he does he does all of his own production too, except yeah. for except for an album that was released in 2019, Bloodlust, which was a collaboration EP between him and Travis Barker. Travis yeah. Barker has had his hands in so many different projects lately. Like, I'm really impressed with him. He, years ago in high school, when some of my friends were obsessed with Blink-182, um, before, like, like, before even I got really into them, I was always a fan of their songs, but before I got really into them, uh, they, they were discussing Blink as a band, and they are like, yeah, Travis Barker is probably one of the best drummers of the modern day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I bet you, I bet you go home and jerk off to his album photos and stuff. But... <laughs> Thinking about it now, especially even how much I know, and I'm like, God damn! Now I have to go clean up the magazines and shit. Like, (laughs) it's he is incredibly well done, especially when how many drummers can say that they've had a solo album? Oh, 
Phil Collins. Yes, thank you. But how many <laughs> how many non vocal a non vocal drummer can have an entire album with that are just based on collabs and stuff and just have it be an incredibly good one too? And I'm like that. And then yeah, now Travis Barker's a great drummer, and I could gush about that for a while too. Oh yeah. Uh, another group I want to give an honorable mention to is uh, the band Safety Suit. Do you know them at all? They had a big song in two. Not, I not shook my head song. just so everybody knows. <laughs> All right, this is an audio-based thing. You <laughs> yeah. should probably clarify that. Um, they had they, they, they had a, a semi-big song. They're, they're, they're just an alternative rock group, or uh, arguably in some cases even pop rock. Um, they had a song in t- like 2008 or so, maybe 2007, called uh, Someone Like You. If I were strong enough, if I were wrong enough to be someone like you, would you have let me come to be with you? No, that does be- actually kind of sound familiar. I don't know where, unless I heard it from you. Well, maybe it was on the car or something. Probably. Um... But in 2019, or I think maybe it was 2018, the band had moved to L.A. to kind of, for networking purposes, because they had their one big album in, in that, like I said, 2007, 2008, something like that. Then they kind of went under the radar. Like, like there are other songs and other, other albums that I like, but none of them got radio play, really. But this year, and I, I assume it was because of their move to L.A., they, they kind of changed up their formula for how they want to do music mm-hmm. as opposed to finding producers and making the whole album and releasing it. They've kind of just been releasing singles. They make a song of a, a relatively for them unique sound and just release as a single and see how it does, which gave us songs like feels. And then the, which was, which was a very mellow borderline acoustic song. And then they had a song, Victory, which was very anthemic and admittedly more in their genre kind of thing, but still a, a different sound from what they were doing. And I thought that was interesting, how the band was much more comfortable not doing a big production release, just doing singles and seeing how that goes. I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought it was a nice way to change things up and, and seeing how they can change the band. Yeah. I was going to say, too, an honorable mention. This one's more for, a, like, the decade, I guess, or, like, within the decade. But probably, and you were going to spit that out, but it would probably be chain smokers, and I say that only because yeah, that. Uh, I feel like between 2010 and then now they really had their big rise and kind of fall. And don't yell at me for saying that. Like I say that only because I think it was right after Five Seconds of Summer, um, their collaboration with like Who Do You Love and all that, and then they went on tour with them. It seemed like they just kind of fell off the face of the earth a bit. Like, a lot of the stuff that they were putting out between Memories and Five Seconds of Summer and a little bit after, like, I didn't hear anything about it. It was just, like, whatever I could find of it, it just was not that good. Was the song something just like this in that between time um, you were talking about? That is in the Memories Do Not Open album. Oh, okay, okay. So, that <laughs> one... That's the most recent thing I know about. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that album, like it was a super nostalgic album, and like a lot of critics like ripped it apart, and they're like, you know, oh, really? this, is, yeah, people did not like it, or at least the, like, music people didn't really like it too much, but like, they've always kind of just been like, party boys just making party music most of the time, so I think switching it up, and having like a really nostalgic, sort of honest album, kind of like threw people for a loop for a bit. Okay, okay. For them, though, uh, when you have a hit as big as Closer, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be hard to try matching that. So I'm not surprised that right now they probably are in a bit of a downswing. But I, I, f- I feel like they, they have the potential to come back up again. Yeah, that song was my college song. Like, God, I listened to that so much. 
that like my friends started making fun of me for it. Like every time it came on, especially at work when you used to work at Sandy, like everyone would be like, oh, I hate that song. It plays nonstop. Every time I was in that darn cafeteria, it would never play. <laughs> I was so I would hear mad. it so many times there. Every oh time God. I got, I clocked in. It's like they knew and they were like, oh, don't play that That's song. I was so mad. I kept waiting for it. But also, too, they're a group that I think a lot of people kind of underestimate just a little bit because they got really big. I can't remember when. I was going to ask, well, for what was selfie. They got real big for selfie because it was the, but first, let me take a selfie. For some reason, everybody hate like loved hated that song, but I then they came it. out uh, with Bouquet, and I think like another little EP, and it had a song on it called Kanye. Kanye. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like I wanna be like Kanye. But if you watch the music video, it's a storyline with you have the girls in the selfie music video going, and they're in the mirror and they're doing their face like this one scene. And then they like grab their stuff and they start heading out and this maid walks into the room and she starts cleaning and everything and she starts like looking at all this nice stuff and so she starts putting it on. And so she's kind of looking at herself in the mirror and these group, this like group comes and they're like, oh, come with us, come with us. And so she like goes on this like crazy adventure and then by the end of it she realizes like that's not really the life she wants to be a part of. So she like goes, she walks home and, like, you see her put her, like, outfit out and everything like that. And she goes and checks on her kid in her bed. And she just gets, like, this really happy grin. I'm like, that That's... was a little more sentimental than I was expecting for this group. That so sweet. Holy it cow. It was the coolest music video. That's it's, like, such a sweet You song. have all this glitz and glamour and everything happening. You know, I was this is me interrupting myself, but they have a really good, like, they do a really good job with their music videos. Roses that came out right after. I could literally watch that music video nonstop for like yeah. 24 hours, and I'd still be enthralled by it. There's, it's just such an interesting story. And like, same with Closer. Like, you could love hate the song. You could like listen to it a lot. You could not. But the music video is really good. I don't know. Hmm. They they kind of hit that knack. I know I've seen the music video for Closer, but that would definitely be the only one. The early song, no, I've heard of the song Selfie and Roses, but mm-hmm. haven't haven't actually listened to those. Really? The earliest song by them that I know is Don't Let Me Down. Oh, yeah. That, like, the, to me, that's what the taste smokers, oh, the, 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 the DJs for Don't Let Me Down. Yeah, I know. Then, then the closer came out, I'm like, oh, okay, so they actually sing in their song, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I honestly, I think of Don't Let Me Down for... My friend and I and, like, a bunch of our other friends were, like, piled into his, like, old school, like, I think it's, like, Subaru or... It's a tiny... (laughs) It's a tiny little red car. He put the song on and he was making fun of me because I'm blasting it, like, hanging out of this car in the middle of downtown Madison. Like, to clarify, I was sober. (laughs) But, like, it was just a really good mood-boosting song for it being the middle of summer in the middle of, like the Madison campus with like no like no plan no agenda like that was a fun time and so that's what I kind of yeah but I think that's why I associate with chain smokers a lot more into like summer things and a lot more nostalgic things the original version of that song or the originally reduced uh, uh, released produced version isn't even the best version the Elenium remix is a much better Uh, version Elenium always does the best Elenium is such a good DJ so much better. Like, <laughs> I, I figured out, figure out a way to like work even more comparatively 
uh, orchestral in- instrumentation into his remixes and his songs. You're gonna laugh at me, but Elenium did a really good without me remix. Yeah. Like so good. That's also by Halsey. If you get, if you no one knew quite what without me I was talking about. You see, I thought it was Halsey. the Eminem version. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> see, that's why I have to clarify here so people know. Um, no, I, I do think the Juice World version of that's good. They pr- will stay even for at this point, probably nostalgic reasons. My yeah. That song came out a year ago. That was already nostalgic for me. Yeah, are um, you doing good, dude? I'm dying over here. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, you want to talk about nostalgia. So, 2019, they Spotify does the whole, like, wrap-up uh, yeah, wrap recap thing. And so it tells you, like, your top artists, your top songs, top genre, and then it breaks everything down for you. So, I got my whole, like, breakdown thing, and I posted it to my Facebook because that's what you do. My friends continuously made fun of me because one of my top songs, and I mean like top two songs, was Clarity by Zed. I've been listening to that song for seven years and I'm still not sick of it, dude. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like a mix of nostalgia and like, I don't even know. It's just a good song. Anytime Danny gets the aux cord in my car, I just know at some point everybody's hearing Clarity because it's oh, going to yeah. be played at some point. And it's- it's either going to be the original or it could be like any of the many remixes I have. It's just a good song. I will go to my grave saying that is a good song. And it's a good music video too. Have you ever seen the music video? After our talk where you talked about the music video, I went and looked it up and I'm like, I can get behind this. This is pretty rad. It is so good. <laughs> and with Foxes, because first off, Foxes is gorgeous. She's very pretty. And like... <laughs> <laughs> like anyway. She's just... She's such an interesting singer. Clarity came out in 2012. That's right, that's right. The whole album did. It did. Yeah. Was that Zed's first album? Uh, I believe so, because I remember getting that album. It was actually a really good album, too. I think you put that together very well. I think Clarity, the song, was a highlight on that album for being kind of more of a poppy EDM one than the rest of his songs, because the rest of them were kind of like, they're a little bit softer. I don't want to say calmer, but that kind of works a little bit better with it, because they weren't so high energy. They were kind of low group songs. Well, that was his first big song, right? Assuming this was his first album. That was Clarity, Clarity yeah. Was Clarity first. was the first song from him that got put on the radio. Fun yeah, fact, that's good. when I first heard that song, I shut it off. Clarity? <laughs> yeah. When I first heard it. The I... quintessential Danny song, you <laughs> shut it off the first yeah. time you heard it? First time I heard it, Origin I was story. like, no, like this, I don't like the song. So I literally clicked off of it and then I heard it one more time. And I was about to click off of it again, and I was like, no, click off as in back on radio, because I didn't really have, we didn't have our smartphones to help us with our music, so I had to go back 20, to my... 2013? It was an old school MP3 for the longest time, Oh. Okay. but my car didn't have like the compatibility to hook it up to it. Oh, okay. So I went off CD, so Fall Out Boy... was the earth, okay. I <laughs> know. I listened to a lot of Fall Out Boy uh, with Out From Under the Cork Tree. That's a great um, album. What else? Avril Lavigne. I had the one... Uh, what one was it? It was the album with Girlfriend on it. That's all I remember. Yeah, that's when I started getting into Lana Del Rey. And only because that year... Um, I think it was around that time... They started announcing uh, that Leonardo DiCaprio was going to be Gatsby in the Great Gatsby remake. Uh, so they started coming out with like the albums and the pretty much the accompanying part of that movie and then it was like a year later 
our school announced that our prom was going to be the Great Gatsby theme. So I got heavily into that album because I was just like trying to find inspiration for like all the decorations that we were going to do and stuff like that. Because that, I mean, a year prior, we just read that book. And so one of the songs that I found was Lana Del Rey, uh, Young and Beautiful. Oh, God, she's so good at being, like, hauntingly, like, beautiful. Like, she's, like, really angsty if you, like, really listen to a lot of her songs. Like, that's why I appreciate her so much. But, like, that song was so well put together, and especially with the version with the orchestra in the background. Like, you're just kind of, like, Hmm. floored for a second because, like, her vocals and the music and, like, it's just so... Pleasing. Every Lana Del Rey song I've heard, I've liked, but I could not name you one right now. I know. But like when I'm in the room and it's on, I'm like, oh, I like this. Who is this? Oh, it's Lana Del Rey. Oh, cool, cool, cool. But I never, I've never actually gone and looked into her. I'm kind of, I don't want to say in the same boat, but like at the same time, like I don't want to say her music blends together for me, but it's just kind of like each one is a different chapter in the same song. So I could just sit there and listen to like the songs that I have saved from her. And I couldn't tell you where one ends and one begins because it's okay. just, it's like a weird dream and you're just along for the ride. You're like, her voice is just so dreamy. You kind of forget. That's a good way of describing yeah. it. Yeah. You have that kind of like sad, Emotion. dreamy voice. Yeah. Uh, early on, I was confused a lot of Lana Del Rey with Florence and the Machine. Oh, not cause, not cause they're I similar, just her. like, just like they're, they're, I don't know. There's something about them. I was just like, wait, wait, which one did shake it off? Uh, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> oh, I love Florence and the Machine was what? Who I got into in high school because don't laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Vampire Diaries did a promo with Cosmic Love. As you can tell, Danny was one of the coolest <laughs> kids in her school, and she <laughs> flaunted every chance she gets. <laughs> I don't even know how to begin to describe it because, like, she's another one who's really good with the dreamy vocals, but she, her yeah. power and her voice is ungodly. Like. Someone that I went to uh, school with my freshman year, she told me that she got to see her live, so she decided she'd play for as long as possible before they... Cosmic Love, I think it was. And she goes, you know, she's bursting out these really high notes, she sounds so powerful, her dress is like going all over because of the wind, and she goes, then they have lightning in the background. That's rad. Yeah, she goes, oh man, like, she just looked like a straight up goddess. That's cool. And it it just fits her aesthetic so perfectly, like that pretty sort of chaos, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm for this. If I could see her live once, I would be happy. She has come to Summerfest or something. Other, Other important things, the rise of another SoundCloud artist who is now a recognizably good artist, Billie Eilish come out <sighs> and she started on soundcloud with her brother yeah that's true because they're just like oh yeah we used to just make uh, she'd make beats and she'd made she'd write lyrics for yeah them. in any case that's that's not important though but other genres i can't even think of it I, i'm sure there have been great country albums i mean casey musgraves won album of the year and she was country yeah and there's a lot more like female country singers kind of coming on to the scene uh more so like kelsey bellerine's like countrifying uh Halsey's song, Graveyard. That's what you say, Without Me. Halsey also ended up pairing out with uh, Lady Antebellum, but that's neither here nor there. It was also Over You and Graveyard, and it was really good. Like, it was good? Okay. It was super good. Uh, she's... The song's been out for a hot minute for country, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Gabby Barrett. She's... I'm not familiar with that name. Yeah, she's Casey Musgraves' 
Um, I'm always going to be a Luke Bryan fan. With our girls, and they listen to mostly the guys sing. Like, not like you know, a lot of them think, "Oh yeah, he fell hot" or something like that. But they they, they generally like. They just so put on good party songs most well, of the time. Didn't, didn't Eric Church's Chief come out in the past decade? I think. Uh, by the way. Fun fact that I love pointing out to people, there are two famous artists named Eric Church. There's Eric Church, the country guy, and there's Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> translated to English is Eric Church. Really? Iglesias is church in Spanish, yeah. Huh. So they're both named that. Anyway, Chief did Chief came out in, my God, 2011 must have been an amazing year in music, too, because Chief came out, I think that's probably my favorite country album. And then, too, um, he's not really, con- like, straight-up country, nor is he, like, a very well-known country artist, but uh, Up Church. He, my brother showed me him. He was actually got popular in like YouTube, kind of SoundCloudy based stuff. But um, he's like a mix of like hip hop and country. He's actually really good. He's coming to the rave, and I'm kind of excited for it. But does he take his horse to down to the old town road? I swear to God. Like, <laughs> like hardcore country fans. I'm aware aren't a huge fan of them, but Florida Georgia Line. Oh, I love them. They made they made a, what a lot of people consider pop country, yeah. or maybe country pop or something like that. But I, I like them a lot, and they they came in, in this decade. Uh, they were probably one of the ones that Cruise made country. Person, yeah, they're the ones who kind of made country more mainstream. Yeah, almost to the point where like you'd hear it on like the pop side of radio. You wouldn't so much hear it on the countryside. So that was kind of interesting, especially too when I think Nelly did a feature on Cruise or something like that. There's a version where there's a rapper on Cruise. I know I know that for a fact. I just can't remember which rapper. Nelly, I mean, it is Nelly. You're right. Yeah, see? I know my stuff. But, yeah, and then they came out Sponsor with um, Anything Goes. That's for Florida Georgia Line. Oh, that is that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For me, my the best Florida Georgia Line song, and this is it's not gonna be it's gonna it's because of a personal memory I have with it, is Holy. Oh that is there was crazy. a night so I I'm I'm a bartender and there was a night when just me and like five or six people, it was like one in the morning, just all kind of relaxing. A lot of them were were industry people, so they were getting off work and coming out to have a drink kind of thing. And just all of us, like the seven of us in the bar, just stopped talking. Didn't, uh, they stopped drinking and we just sang the chorus to Holy. Aww. Like it was, it, 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 it was really nice and it was just like it was a wholesome bonding moment that honestly all of them probably don't even remember. Not because they were drunk, <laughs> because it was just you know singing along to the song in a bar. But for me, it was everything. Music can make our communities and kind of bring us together. Like I think that's kind of the basis of our show. Maybe start and see a song or a group in a different way. We definitely will have things, negative things to say, like we didn't like this song or this yeah. is kind of hokey or whatever. But ultimately, we just want, we just want an excuse to be happy and love music. Exactly, and share that love with all of you guys. So exactly. So we will see you guys next time. Uh, hopefully, this episode wasn't too chaotic. Uh, it was. Started, uh, I feel it, like, like it's very chaotic. That's just the energy we admit. Yeah. Um, like we said, still kind of learning the ropes of how we want this whole thing to flow. Maybe at some point we'll come up with a format. Maybe we'll stay extreme of conscious like this, which is bullet points to guide us as we ramble. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, but thank you for listening. If you actually made it to this point in the podcast, you're, you're either related to us or, <laughs> or going back to the archives and seeing where we started from. So, hello from the past. <laughs> But uh, sincerely, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya!